0: Shallowy driving it toward the back post for Zusi, who puts it back across. And Shelton slots it home. Zusi can have a hit from here. He does. And Graham Zusi reelects Graham Zusi. Shalloway knocks it in. The Hungarian assassin has given Sporting KC the lead. It's Russell. There's only one.
1: Johnny Russell. This is the Sporting KC show. On Sports Radio 810 WHB.
2: Presented by Michelob Ultra. Enjoy a Michelob Ultra today. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And by Casey's own CBD American Shaman. Score yourself free samples of great all-natural CBD products at a CBD American Shaman near you. CBD American Shaman. Everything is better with the feather.
1: Now your host, Nate Buchanan.
2: Hello
0: and welcome to another edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you stream your audio content, uh, we appreciate it. We're not on video today, just uh, just audio, because uh, the man that's going to be joining us up next, Ico Par, said no cameras, no video, we said okay. Uh, and that's a little tease for you as to who's coming up on the show. We are presented by Michelob Ultra. I am Nate Pucati, along with uh, with Ally Trost-Martin. Allie, how are you?
2: I'm doing well, Nate. I'm doing well. How are you? Uh,
0: I'm doing just fine. And we got Connell McCourt here dressed in a Columbia mm-hmm. uh, jersey, get, getting himself ready for the World Cup, mm-hmm. I see, in uh, in November. How are you, Connell? I'm fantastic. Uh, yeah. Just... Uh, Getting the words
3: wrong, the lyrics, and, you know, when we're we're gonna and... that, uh, we start We're going to get into
0: that. Yeah, we got Retro Night coming up on uh, Sunday at uh, Children's Mercy Park, and we might run down some of the songs that we'll be playing <laughs> And uh, some of the Freudian issues that I have with the decade of the 90s, because that takes me back to my high school and college days. But that's all for uh, later on in the show. Ike Par is going to join us here in a little bit. And then we'll get to Connell and Allie both butchering uh, the lyrics to one of the few songs that I actually like from the 90s as what? well. So that's all coming up on the show. First off, guys, uh, we're going to repack or unpack, I guess, a little bit. Uh, Another devastating loss for sporting Kansas City. Another way to cut it. Up 3 1 against Austin, end up losing in stoppage time 4 3. We're going to have some sound from Andreu Fontas, Johnny Russell, and Peter Vermees, who spoke to the media when Allie and I were out at training today on this Tuesday as we record the show. Uh, So uh, we'll start with you, Allie. You were there on the sidelines in Austin. First of all, uh, for those of us who couldn't be there in person, Tell me what Q2 Stadium was like. What was the atmosphere like for that game?
2: It was pretty comparable to a playoff atmosphere. I, I I couldn't watch the broadcast, obviously, and so I wasn't really sure if it was coming across and if we weren't having maybe a couple. I If I had been able to get into the broadcast, uh, we were dealing with a little bit of technical difficulty, but it was hands down one of the most... Electric atmospheres I've been to, and I haven't had a chance yet in working with the team to travel to an away playoff game. That was the closest that I felt a a playoff atmosphere would feel like, and especially in that second half, as as Austin was, you know, was really bringing the pressure and and creating some chances, getting some corner kick opportunities. It that that fan base in the stadium was willing that team to a goal, and and it was the the stadium is fantastic they did a great job with it but the fans were relentless that entire game
3: they yeah, they really were and it did come it did come across on the broadcast as well I mean even when they were three one down they were still cheering them on they were still cheering all the tackles all, everything that Austin were trying to get going and in the end I can't like when luck's with you it's with you when you're playing well you seem to get all the luck but that crowd that were there definitely had. Some kind of an impact on the end of that game because often we're just throwing everything at it after a while and it paid off.
0: I think it was a true testament to what belief does in sports because everybody on that field, they knew that they already had 17 points from a trailing position Um, going into that game. They've been able to come from behind and get results. The players knew it. The fans knew it. They didn't lose optimism or hope in the game. And the converse is true for Sporting Kansas City. It's been a rotten year. You know, the results haven't been there. Sporting KC have struggled this season, and when they got to that lead, instead of saying, okay, we're going to put the hammer down and win this game, they 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 fell apart in the second half, and we're going to hear from some of the players on that. Andreu Fontas talked a little bit about this. Maybe it was that lack of confidence that caused them to sit back too much in the second half. Yeah, you don't want to get yourself too stretched out, but at the same time, you don't want to just back all the way up and allow the other team to have the entire uh, entirety of the possession. Uh, but we'll start with a positive. Fanta says there were some positives to take from the first half, particularly on Saturday.
4: Yeah, for sure the first half are the positives. I think we played really, really well. Uh, probably one of the best performances, I think, in, in our in our year, but obviously it's, it's not an obvious view and finish the job in the, in the second half. For me, I would take that that from the positive and obviously the, the second half from the negative. It's similar to the game that we had at home against Galaxy for me. In the second half we, we dropped too much and, and we tried to, to secure the, the result and I don't think we're a team built for that. I think we proved that in these last couple of games that we can play against uh, any team in this league. We were facing Austin, which is one of the best things in the league, I think, in my opinion. And and we, we showed that we can be better than them. So um, try to try to do the, the, the most that the can like the first half and, and obviously then uh, come to the second with the same attitude mentality, probably not thinking that we are up in the in the in the score and, and and try to to do a second half more close to the first one.
0: So there you hear a little bit of Fontas guys talking about the team backing off a little too much, maybe maybe because they haven't had the confidence that they've had this year. Johnny Russell uh, gave – he's always so forthright and honest about everything. And, Ali, you asked him about this, you know, emotions after the game, what this one was. They've had some devastating losses like the Open Cup loss in Sacramento and this one. And Johnny Russell said the emotions after this game were all too familiar.
5: Same as it has been recently, um, anger, disappointment, frustration, Same old story, us getting ourselves in a great position and then shooting ourselves in the foot, allowing a team way too much of the ball, sitting back far too much, just allowing them wave after wave of attack and then switching off concentration in key moments. Um, You know, we defend the set piece as well, but then when, you know, second or third attack off that. Where the ball keeps coming back in. For whatever reason we switch off um, and we're just constantly being punished for it, for, for our own sloppiness really. Um, that's all it is. You can play so well in a game, especially the first half, um, probably ten minutes of the second half where we hit them in the counter a couple of times, uh, but then you just completely ruin everything you've worked for by doing what we did. Um, so. Sort frustration, of same old story. And then even I know we get the win last week but you know if Daniel doesn't get that goal that game can be completely different. You know that goal kills the game, takes a sting out of the game, but it was very similar to the second half of the Austin game where we just allow them way too much of the ball. And I we know we're going to be under pressure at times but we're giving teams the space. They're not putting us under pressure. We are we're doing it to ourselves. We're allowing ourselves to be pinned back. Um, and just retreating really, I don't know if it's, we're scared because we haven't been winning games and obviously we, we want to hold on to it when we do but you know that's that's not us, we're showing in the first half of both of those games you know who we are and what we can be but then you come out in the second halves and, and do that and that's the reason we are where we are.
0: All right, so there you have two veterans on the team, Allie, talking about how maybe just the negativity of the season caused the team to approach the second half in a way that maybe they otherwise wouldn't have the last couple of years.
2: And it makes sense. I mean, throughout a season, you gain experience from a number of different situations, right? You talk about Austin's ability to come back in games. That belief be, that that they have in those moments comes from the experience that they have built on this season of doing just exactly what they did against Sporting Kansas City on Saturday. Sporting doesn't have the experience of playing with a lead. And so it makes sense that coming out of the half, even if they are up, you know, by three goals or, or two goals, it makes sense that they wouldn't maybe have some of that that confidence to close out the game because they haven't been in that position a lot this season. And so when those guys are talking about, you know, maybe some of that doubt creeping in or, or that fear – you know, this doing anything with fear is going to cause you to make some mistakes. Um, and so I think, you know, what from a mentality standpoint, I'll be looking to see from this team through these final weeks of the season is if you do get out to a lead like they have in these last two games, can you just draw on the confidence from what you showed in that first 45 minutes and not maybe get in your head about the, the entirety of the season and what you've maybe failed to do at other times and just focus on, this particular game this particular night and take confidence from what you've been able to do um, through the first half or final 15 minutes of a game whatever it is just drawing on the confidence from those moments to then go out and and do what they needed to do to close out that game, and were unable to do on Saturday.
0: Well, one thing they weren't able to do was deal with set pieces. Uh, they they just couldn't get the convincing clearance, and it wasn't that direct ball in on a corner that caused them a problem. It was, it was the ball, ball, yeah, bouncing around, you know, not fully clearing it, and then somebody putting it back into the mixer, and then it then it turns into a goal. And Peter Vermees spoke pretty passionately about that today at training, and he said. That part of it doesn't come down to
1: confidence. It's not. It's not. It's not letting off. It's just what happens is is that, you know, if if the ball's right here, and your job is to move with the ball. Well, when the ball moves there, you have to move again. But if you have the ball, you have one responsibility. If you don't have the ball, you have another. And so, in that moment, we don't have the ball. So you read the intentions of the opponent, and then you set yourself up accordingly. And, you know, if you you just look at the second goal, second goal was the header, correct? If I remember correctly, it was the header. Yeah. Yeah. Even before the player takes the ball down, the ball bounces up, uh, uh, bends next to him, there's already a guy at the back post who's completely wide open. And we have four guys after that. So it bends with this guy, and then there's like three or four guys this way. The goal's there. But nobody is accounted for that guy at all. Then when the ball gets served, they have three guys at the back stick to the wide open. That is where the concentration is. It's, it's, it's You have to now move and adjust yourself again according to where the ball is and where your goal is and where the opponent is. And We just – in each – there's also laziness in the place because if we get out, if we step up, we get out. It's totally different. The guys are off sides, but they're not because. So if you're not going to do that, then just stay back and defend the header, and then you win the header, and you're all good. But again, you're not doing. You're not doing either. So it's lack of concentration, laziness. That, that's really where it is.
0: So, Connor, that's a pretty detailed description from Peter there about this. In his mind, we're talking about attitude. We're talking about effort. I mean, he's using words like lazy. That's about as big of a a criticism, I think, as you're going to hear from Peter Vermees. I think it's, I mean, it it sounds harsh on, like, just when you first hear
3: it, but it's a double-edged sword in a way. Like, as Ali was saying, we haven't really, sporting haven't really had too many opportunities to be in the lead and to protect the lead this year. So when you get in the lead, especially away down there and the crowd are on your back and it's almost us against the world, you kind of overthink it. And I think we've seen some players do that and it's, concentration drops off for 2-3 seconds you're whatever you're ball watching you're not following your man next thing the ball comes over the top and you're standing back and you're playing everyone on side. just certain small lapses in concentration when you're almost trying to be too perfect trying to protect the lead trying to keep hold on to something that that you've got down there. And I think that kind of manifested itself. I mean, don't take anything away from the, the equalizing goal. Like, it was an unbelievable strike, and he caught it just perfect. But just that small lapse in concentration holds him side, And it's just, as you said, we we haven't really had the, the opportunity to do that a lot this year. So I think three points kind of would have meant a lot to the team. Mm-hmm. And some of them were just kind of overdoing it, overthinking it, and it ended up coming back to us because Austin are a good side, and they will punish you. Yeah,
2: and Johnny Russell said as much. He said that would have been a big three points, and yeah. you now – now they've got to be even more perfect the rest of the way if they want to make a playoff push.
0: Well, coming up next in terms of the rest of the way is Retro Night on Sunday, Sporting KC against the Portland Timbers at 6.30. We're going to talk with a guy who's a little retro himself, Ike Parr, who's on the coaching staff with Sporting KC 2, and uh, we'll preview this matchup against Portland as well. That's all straight ahead with the Sporting Kansas City show presented by Michelob Ultra.
2: Sporting KC fans take pride in supporting the team both home and away. When flying to away matches to cheer on the team, or anywhere for that matter, check out the Kansas City International Airport's new terminal progress at buildkci.com.
1: You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB.
2: And we're back on this edition
0: of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, and wherever you get your podcasts, no video today because uh, our next guest said, absolutely no cameras involved or I'm not doing the interview, which uh, I think is a shame because we'd all love to see his beautiful face. But we are joined now by, by Kansas City uh, iconic figure. That's, what, that's how I'm going to describe him right now. Ike Opara joins us on the phone right now. What's up, Ike? How are you, man?
6: What's up, Nate? What's up, Allie? Uh, good to be here. Hey, sorry,
2: we're not on camera. I, I'll just say I'm also glad we're not on camera because Nate and I were out at sporting media availability today. It was raining, and my hair has absolutely exploded. I look like I've got some sort of perm going on. So maybe the cameras being off today was uh. And like you don't have to you don't have to worry about like your hair getting all all wacky. But well, hang on a second. It's, it's, speaking
0: of hair exploding, I have to say you know what this I was not planning on starting here, but I just want to say this. I I was. Under the and as a broadcaster, you're supposed to be prepared and know like everything about the players and all that. I had lived the majority of my broadcasting, my MLS broadcasting career under the misconception that Ike Parra was a bald man by nature's choice. <laughs> I, I I had been under the impression this man had no hair, and uh, and and that was just you know he he had just made the most of it and bald is beautiful. Then all of a sudden this winter. Uh, we gathered together to play like a pickup game of soccer at my nephew's high school field. And I have not seen Ike Opara, and I don't know, like it had been months, obviously. This man shows up with the most fantastic head of hair. You want to talk about a hair explosion. And I'm I'm thinking to myself, what has happened? Where has this come from? And now I stand before, well, on the phone with you, Ike, and want to know what in the world, what is going on here?
6: No, I shaved it again. Though to be fair, Uh, what happened was, you know, quarantine. You know, um, like most people, bored and looking for something to do. And um, you know, at that time, I I always told people I was bald by choice, just because I didn't like dealing with hair and the the gel and all that. Just keep it moving, right? Get out the shower, like the head down, move on. Um, But I decided, you know, let's just grow it out and see what. Really, like most people thought it was going to be only a few weeks, right, COVID, and then um, ended up being still to this day. So I was like, I'm going to cut it when, when COVID ends. And so I just kept growing it and had a mohawk for a while and, and all that good stuff. But I do think there's a psychological problem with me uh, because I do think if you choose to go bald when you're young, uh, you've got to have something wrong with you. Uh, I, I would go on, on record to say. Good
2: aerodynamics, and I, and I fully,
6: though. I fully admit that.
2: No, but, yeah, like, for an athlete, though, I mean, my dad's bald, not by choice. Yeah. Uh, and that man is a runner to this day, like, mid-50s. <laughs> and I think it's because he's bald it makes it he's, like, faster. <laughs> he doesn't have anything holding
6: back. Love you, yeah, Dad. Yeah, I, like, yeah, like I said, I think you got something wrong with you. When you play, you kind of want the attacker to think that's something wrong with you. Um, and being a defender, yeah, I kind of plays in my favor. Um, but, yeah, no, I just – it started kind of as a – Actually, you know, it's funny. It started when I was in San Jose because I couldn't find, find a decent barber when I was out there. And I was traveling to San Fran about an hour away to get a haircut. And I'm like, I'm tired of going out there all the time for a haircut. So I just started shaving the ball for convenience and I just kind of kept it like that then.
0: It's, uh, I just, I thought maybe this is a guy from North Carolina. This is like, uh, this is a tribute to Michael Jordan. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I didn't know where this came from. But you're, you're right because most people, if they could grow out an and amazing head of hair, you know, they're holding they on would. to that. They're holding on to that, to the, the very bitter end. But Ike's going the opposite way. I like, you always, you know, Ike is one of those guys. He's going to zig when but, everybody yeah, else is like, zagging. You it's know? a game of
2: chess, right. not checkers. He's <laughs> just out here one it's step one, ahead. <laughs> That's, right.
0: That's right. Hey, it's, it's, it's really awesome to have you back in town, man, and, and to have you a part of the organization. And I'm just curious how this, this part of the career is going for you. How are you liking uh, being a coach already?
6: Yeah, it's been, it's been it's been challenging in a lot of ways. It's been some supernatural, some things not as much. i uh, need needing to, look, to to work on that, and it's a constant flow of self-evaluation. Um, and you know, obviously, you starting out in the career, but just, even when you play right, you're always looking for feedback and ways you can improve. And, uh, and coaching that presents itself every single day in some capacity. So you you always are um, you know the, the ability to improve the ability to to, to adapt evolve it's got to be high level um, and so it's been a challenge in, in, in a lot of good ways and the getting to work with Benny again and um, that's been that's been cool to do so it's it's weird you jump on that side of the, of the line and uh, if you I'll stop you me asking how it goes and honestly if, if you're kind of cerebral or intentional about your learning when you played and your processes and um yeah there's a lot is a big learning curve but it comes quick you learn a lot of things really quick um if if you kind of have those characteristics and so uh it's been good for me um to to say the least
2: ike is there anything that you would change now about your approach as a player now that you've had the experience on the other side as a coach
6: um I, i would say definitely early on um in my career i would have for sure um I would say, as I got to the middle, and getting all those injuries, you know, kind of, I guess, in a way, sped up my, um, what do you want to call, emotional intelligence or whatnot, just with the game, Mm -hmm. Um, but just the how I approached the game when I was younger. Some of it was I I just didn't know any better, right? Like I didn't have anyone to really model some of these things for me, and I kind of did trial and error with some things. But just, just how much the quote-unquote little things make all the difference. Um, as you go on through your career, because building habits, I don't care if you're playing or not, I don't care if, if it's training or games, when you're young, every single thing that you do, every touch, every angle, every repetition, it truly matters, right, um, you know, when I was 10 years into my career, did I need to truly be dialed in on every single action in training, no, not necessarily, but when you're younger, you know, you, you have to use every advantage that you can for learning experience, because ultimately, most of our guys, like right, They want to get to to the highest level. You got to have you have to replicate it some way, and so just a little bit to add up over time, how much it gets you further ahead, and how quickly it can get you there.
0: We're visiting with Ico Parra. One of the things that uh, I remember asking Benny when he first started coaching that that you know for different perspective, maybe what what did what surprised him about being on the other side of things, and he said it really opened his eyes to the fact that you know, the coaches actually want everybody on their team to succeed. He felt like when mm-hmm. he was a player, well, the coaches like that guy, but they don't like that guy, or they like him and they don't like me. And he said, you know, they actually they want everyone to do well, um, but, they, but you know, they might not be happy with the way you're doing things or something like that. And so I'm curious for you, like part of the job as a coach is to try to connect with every guy. Um, how hard is that, you know, to like, to convince every yeah. player that, that you have their best interest at heart?
6: Yeah, it takes constant feedback and communication, which, you know, to, to the point where Danny was surprised, I think two things have surprised me, which is one, you realize just how much it's not about soccer, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's not about the, it's about all the other things that you, yes, you think about, but you don't, I guess, understand how much it plays a factor the relationship, the emotion, how much you drive a player, um, even just administrative things. It's like you, you feel like most of your time isn't actually spent, you know, and energy spent to actually being on the practice field. Um, and, and then I would go on to say, with also kind of doubling down on, on from Benny, like, you know, you want it more for these guys than sometimes they want it for themselves um, because you do, like I said, you want everyone to, to succeed and you can see the best you notice the best of players before they notice the best of themselves at times. Like you see actions, like some players, great actions. You're like, do that again, like replicate it, go again. And they don't even realize that they had a great action. And it's like trying to, to expose them to what they just did, why they did it and how they can replicate it. It's all a process. And like I said, that even goes into, into my first point of how much of it is not about necessarily X is a note because you have to have people be able to understand why they're doing things as well. So sometimes that's film, simple conversations, et cetera.
2: Ike, what about just being back in Kansas City? How has that experience been for you? I know, obviously, you know, we get to hear about the job and see the job, but what about the rest of your time spent here uh, back in Kansas City?
6: Yeah, it's been good. So I, uh, my time in Minnesota ended and, uh, you know, medically had to kind of call it quits. Um, and so I was still, I was, I was still in a pretty dark place with where I was medically. I uh, was just you know trying to see a better day uh, unfortunately. So I was probably middle of last year my wife moved back to Kansas City and then you know, took a job and I stayed up in Minneapolis still doing some of my physical therapies to try to, to get my life back in order. So we had been, so she had been here for a little bit and I moved back probably towards sometime in the fall. Um, and so we had been here for a little bit. Uh, just you know trying in our life was finally trying to start and trend upwards so it was nice to be back there and at the time you know wasn't really thinking much about soccer and just being able to be back and enjoying the, being in the city um, and, and getting kind of used to a new life uh, with a new identity I guess in a way um, which again was a bit of a challenge but it's, it's been good I've got nothing but I'm, I'm glad to move back here I mean Tennessee is probably my home now I got kind of consider it home you no know, longer North Carolina I guess um, so it, it's a good place, and we're glad to be back. How, how are you doing physically these days, Ike? Yeah, I would say I, I, um, you know, obviously, a lot of people probably, I mean, my story is very crazy, and I haven't really told the whole thing because it's time consuming and you know, where I'm at comfortably, but you know, a lot of it was from you know, traumatic brain injury, um, and some other things that were going on, so. You know, it obviously affected my life pretty big time. So, I mean, from where I was a couple of years ago to where I'm at now is night and day, right? And I still have some days that are, are tough, but mostly I'm, I'm, I'm high-functioning. I know, like to joke. Um, so, I, I'm happy where I'm at. the organization has been great to, for me, um, helping me with, you know, if I need to see appointments and whatnot. Still kind of keeping that schedule um, of, my, of my, I guess, rehab, I guess. Um and keeping things moving forward. So I'm in a good place, still hoping to keep improving. But, uh, you know, like I said, night and day from where I was.
2: The leagues made great strides in terms of, you know, concussion protocol and not just Major League Soccer but other sports um, as well. How much has your experience uh, maybe kind of sparked a, a passion about, you know, protecting the head in sport and just some of the injuries that you experienced in ways that the league has gotten better and ways that sports as a whole uh, can still continue to get better in that area.
6: Yeah, I mean, our league is um, still behind. I mean, I'll say that because yeah, they're, they're trying to do some, some good things. And, look, I think I have a personal experience. Um, and what I, I guess I didn't realize, I thought I was maybe one of the very few cases I didn't realize how many people um, you know, are suffering from traumatic brain injury or, or concussions who are currently still playing, which you know, every time I see them in a lineup, I, I worry, and then how many former uh, pros are struggling with it after the fact. So you know, I think one of the good things about this has been uh, most people in, you know, in the know um, kind of know about my story and have reached out to me, and I've helped you know, get them kind of the, the, the help that they need and turning a corner, uh, because I saw, I can't tell you how many people I saw, so I tried a lot of everything, um, and I felt like there were no answers, and I got super lucky with how I found the the group that I work with now. Um, So the good thing is I'm very knowledgeable in in unfortunate ways, but helping get some guys back on the right path. But I can tell you just from experience and and whatnot, there there was no way I should have been playing a game, you know, the last couple years of my career. Um, and I'll leave it at that because, you know, I I just wish someone could have protected me kind of the way I try to do for some. Um, but again, it just, it kind of just happened to be that way. And at the end of the day, athletes don't want to come up and field either. So if I had known all of these things, would I have stopped? I would like to think so, but you know, the competitor in you always, you know, always leaks out, I guess sometimes, but I mean, I'm, it took a while, I guess, to forgive myself. to, uh, You know why? Because I think I would deep down inside something was wrong, um, and yeah, it took took a while to, uh, to finally move on and just realize, you know, I can only move forward. I guess.
0: Well, this is uh, this is powerful stuff, I can And obviously, if if you ever want to have a platform to help, you know, you preach the message of your experience and all that, please let us know. Because I know, like you said, it's it can be a long story, but it's a pretty important one. And um, there's a lot of layers to it as well. So, hey, we're glad that you're at least doing better. And uh, I'm guessing is this going to be the kind of thing that you feel like is, a, is, is, a, is an ongoing process for, I mean, I guess just completely going forward, you're going to be, be kind of working on this in some way or another?
6: Yeah. Oh, 1,000%. That, that, you know, I've made discussions with um, the people that I need to be in terms of the league or our union about – you know, getting some of these things and, and, and gaps corrected. Um, because, again, like I said, it could be complete. I have a vision of what it would look like. And even that vision would have a gap because at the end of the day, an athlete himself has to be truthful enough. And if they are not, then at the end of the day, not a whole lot of protocol or whatever could do. But I do know that there has to be resources out there. And, and, and right now that they are not.
0: Okay, we're visiting with Ike Opara, and and Ike, to transition now, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on the show as well is because coming up on Sunday is Retro Night as Sporting will take on the Portland Timbers. And, uh, Allie, fill us in. What happens on Retro Night at Children's Mercy Park on Sunday?
2: Well, the entire game day experience for fans in the stadium, it'll feel like you just walked into a Wizards game. Sporting Kansas City does a good job of really just – making sure that every single touch point is is given that retro spin and and twist. And so all the graphics, all of the videos, all of those things are going to uh, be retro night themed. So that'll be what you can look forward to at the stadium. We've got some fun video content coming out on social media that'll be you know both online and in stadium as well with some of the guys paired up trying some 90s snacks watching some old uh 90s films and things like that and there's also going to be a uh a launch of some new retro gear this week so you can uh place an order on sporting style and pick that up at the stadium or have a friend pick it up for you and yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun so uh hopefully i don't know maybe another rainbow sighting uh come mm-hmm. sunday as a as a true tribute to the ways
0: <laughs> so i i'm looking at it here you were born in uh in 89 so i don't know how well you remember the 90s um is there like uh is is there any music that, so what do you got any of the playlist there for us Allie? like this some of the songs that we're going to be hearing and
2: the- oh i can pull it up
0: okay uh because i'm just gonna sit here. i'm just gonna this is, this is maybe a controversial take as a person who was born Whoa. I grew up in the 80s and then I was in high school and college in the 90s. I actually think the 90s was a brutal decade. I, I think that it was, it, <laughs> like, I don't know why we're forcing people to relive this decade, but I know this is uh, like most people don't agree with me on this. Uh, rap music had a really good run mm-hmm. in the 90s. But rock and roll slash grunge was a terrible uh, genre and era of music that was foisted upon us. Fashion in the 90s was god-awful. Like, I just don't understand why we're trying to bring this back right now. Personally, a lot of this
2: music is looking a lot less like grunge. I mean, these are, okay, I'll just kind of read through. We've got No Diggity. We've got Return of the Mac. We've got Mr. Jones, All the Small Things, Genie in a Bottle. Um, Jumpin', Jumpin', Destiny's Child, one of my absolute favorites. Okay, this is all right. I'm I'm okay with all A little bit maybe more like pop. This is kind of what I remember very vividly from, and I don't know how many of these songs came out like in the 90s versus early 2000s. I would imagine like it's maybe a little bit of both. But I remember like a lot of these songs in like some of my favorite, you know, just early 2000s movies, like listening to these songs after soccer, driving home, windows down. Um, Yeah, there's – There's a lot of, like, I remember a lot of these.
0: Okay. How are we feeling about this playlist so far, Ike? Ice Ice
2: Baby, Vanilla Ice, Semi-Charmed Life. I mean, Semi-Charmed Life is the
0: worst song on
6: planet Earth. Oh, my God. I'm kind of lost. I'm a little overwhelmed. So, uh, yeah. I mean, look, I, I, yeah, yeah, I'll leave it at that. (laughs) You uh I didn't hear very many I like. I'll say that. Okay.
2: When Okay, so maybe not the playlist for me or Ike but playlist <laughs> for me. I was listening to it this morning. No, you
0: actually rattled off some songs that I liked, but then you got to semi charmed kind of life, and I think that might be my least favorite song in in American history. So All right, uh, that's fair. They're gonna play it several times at the stadium. I think they did it last time we had a retro night just to get under my skin and uh you know, it is what it is. Will you will you rock like it? I do like the old school whiz gear, though. I will admit yeah, that. Yeah, and
2: I've seen a couple of the um, yeah. like the sweatshirts and crew necks that they've, and you know, all the other merch that they've yeah. got. The it's, merch, it's, is all, awesome. it's always, always awesome. It always stuff. sells out. So yeah. if you're thinking about getting it, I would hop online asap. I, I think it drops later today
6: or tomorrow.
0: Okay, I can we count on you for uh, some, some retro gear, maybe?
6: No retro gear is awesome. They do a really good job with the retro gear. Awesome. It is, uh, Yeah, I see every year it comes out and something comes out and I, I wish I had some. So maybe I'll be able to be on a priority list somewhere. Maybe not. Probably not.
2: No, Ike,
6: absolutely you will.
0: Yeah, yeah, big time. Like, <laughs> as I said, iconic figure in Kansas City, Ike
6: Opara. Hey, man. Well, okay, but yeah, you got to hear this, maybe- that plate, i never got it so i don't know
2: how i'm gonna get it now whoa <laughs> well you can always hit it. i feel like roger and Zusi have just about every uh they,
6: they always
2: got it yeah yeah i agree. and i somehow never would get it you can go raid
0: their so. closet here's the thing you just you just have to buddy up to Allie trost martin she <laughs> has I'm the plug really. yeah I, she's got the hookups everywhere right I, so you got to know how to grease the skids with the right people you know what i mean
2: True. That is true. Hey, just uh, send me a message with your size after this and I'll I'll get something delivered uh, straight to your straight to your desk and you'll be all set. <laughs> all
0: right. I, hey, thanks so much for the time, man. We really appreciate catching up with you and hopefully we'll uh, talk to you again real soon.
6: Yeah, for sure. Any, well, I would say anytime, but I, I guess I'd be lying a little bit to you, Nate. So uh, hopefully we can do it again.
0: <laughs> Ike I made me jump through several hoops to pull this interview off. I just want everyone oh, to know I, that.
2: I, I, I saw screenshots of the text (laughs) hey i make them work for it okay this man
0: this man is demanding a fresh baked pie from
2: my wife
6: (laughs) (laughs) i will not confirm or deny that that.
0: hey you know what it's worth it i'll jump through any hoops for you ike i appreciate it and we'll talk to you again real soon all right ma'am.
6: thanks ike love it yeah thank you guys
0: (laughs) All right, that's Psycho Par. We'll be back. We'll talk more about this retro night. I might have been a little unfair to the music of the '90s here. In a minute, as we continue with the Sporting Kansas City show presented by Michelob Ultra.
1: You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB.
0: All right, look, I might have been a little harsh, Allie, on the '90s uh, <laughs> when it comes to you know I have my own issues uh, about uh, you know struggles in high school and college or whatever. Not a huge fan of all the music. I do stand by the fact that I hate the song Semi-Charmed. You're never going to get me to like it. But some of the other songs that you listed off there, Return of the Mac, No Diggity, uh, 100% Therefore. Love those songs. Uh, Connell sang us a little bit of the song earlier, No Diggity. Uh, back it you, up. You wanted to pack it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And I'm sitting here like, because I'm notorious for singing the wrong lyrics. So I'm mm-hmm. like, was, have I just been saying back it up wrong my whole life? Mm-hmm. But you had two back-to-back. The fi- okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to you for the other uh, uh i guess faux pas f- 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 that yeah. you had was the britney spears like what song is that again my, my
3: loneliness um, oh hit me baby, hit one, me more baby one more time one more time you
2: thought it was my lonely nest
3: until which I would still the... make
2: sense With... i guess in the yeah. song does
3: that not happen like when you're singing karaoke
0: and then you're like yeah what are these lyrics what, why has <laughs> someone written this when it's I just want you guys to both know that you both were wrong on on uh, the on the no diggity. It's bag it up, bag it, up. bag it like we're what? like at a grocery store. We're bagging it up. Yeah, uh. I like the way you work it. I'd like to bag it up. You know, hmm. Come on, guys. I, I mean, well, this is me. speaking, I, yeah, I guess. Like, like, okay. You now, you know, tell Stay you something. The, yeah, nice. okay. like the college dance scene. So
2: Nate know. may not love the all of the playlist. I do think. I mean, I only listed a few songs. so You yeah. got to go check it out. But it's on Spotify. The Sporting Casey. Spotify page and it's called since 96 and it's got a lot of just I I love all a lot of these songs because I have vivid memories attached to a Mm -hmm. lot of them whether that was you know a movie that I really liked or one of my now CDs um now yeah you know it's just it's good it'll take you it'll take you right back down memory lane so all a lot of these songs I, I think this will be the exclusive playlist used in stadium on sunday well i uh, might not bring your dancing shoes i
0: might not love all the music that plays in the stadium on sunday i love (laughs) the gear the merch is incredible every time they come out with retro gear they knock it out of the park and that stuff's going to be available at the stadium on sunday and you want to get there quickly because it will sell out right away one quick thought guys before we run out of time here on the game itself portland timbers coming to town might remember that might have we talked about some of the worst moments of the season seven to two in Portland, sporting Kansas City, lost that game. But Peter Vermees said he's not so worried about that one because he is more focused on the recent history of his team than going back to May 14th.
1: I I can't be worried about the rematch. I only can be worried or focused on making sure that we rectify some of the things that happened in this last game, and I even believe in the L.A. game and many games before, and that is you, you, you have three phases of the game, right? I mean, people could say you have, you know, more than that, because you get to have a transition. But offense, defense, and you have set pieces. And you have to be prepared in all those things. And personally speaking, I think set pieces are the easiest because they're stoppages, they're set plays. You know what you have to do. You know what the other team pretty much is trying to do. You should be able to – It's that's why, why, you know – how many, how many goals do you really score on corner kicks? You know, it's not it's not a high percentage, right? So you should be able to defend those and on and on and on. But, you know, you asked about the second balls. The second balls, it's still part of that free kick, and you have to be able to finish the play.
0: All right, so you can hear it there. He's still mad about what's happened the last couple of games in the mm-hmm. second half, not so focused on what happened in Portland. But you got to think the players will remember that a little bit and hopefully have a bit of a chip on their shoulder when they take on Portland on uh, Sunday night.
2: Absolutely. I mean, Johnny Russell has referenced that game a number of times when he's talked to the media and even brought it up as recent as maybe a few weeks ago, and that was – you know, beyond anyone even asking him about it. So that game definitely sticks with them. If you remember, he said that was maybe the the most embarrassed he'd been in his career, one of the, mm-hmm. the lowest moments. And so I think the players will certainly have that in mind. And now it's just going to be about can they put together a balance, not just offensive performance, but defense defensive performance. Because if you go out and score three or four goals, that should be plenty to go out and win a game, and so for sporting, they just got to find, th- you know, fine tune those details now on defense.
3: Well, that's it, and it's it's personal pride as well. I think a lot of us we kind of get sucked into thinking that sometimes these losses and stuff don't really affect the players as much as they do, but. That's that was an embarrassing scoreline, seven two, and that'll hopefully that'll give the boys a bit of a bit between their teeth that they can go and try and restore some of their pride and play a bit better football that we've seen in the second half of the season here.
2: But this Portland team right now sitting in eighth place, they're still trying to to maybe claw themselves into a more comfortable position in the standings. But to the draw
3: kings? They draw with everyone. They've had like twelve draws <laughs> in the season. I think they I think they've won one more game than us. Yeah. And we're bottom of the, th- you know what I mean? That's but they've a- gotten some
0: results. They've gotten enough results yeah. to keep them in the playoff right. picture.
3: Right. It's just all one to- each,
0: two each, you know. Mm-hmm.
3: It's- Which
2: just goes to show, I mean, like just getting points. I-, mm-hmm. I mean, it's really so long as you're able to just go out and whether it's, you know, on the road or even at home, just walk away with, you know, more draws than losses. I mean, like the fact that they're still sitting, you know, that, that close to the line, um, you know, just kind of goes to show what you need to do.
0: Okay, so that's coming up 6.30 on Sunday at Children's Mercy Park. It's a national television game. So myself, Jacob Peterson, and Ali trost martin will be uh, on the radio call right here on sports radio 810 whb so our thanks to connell McCourt for joining us on the show today our thanks to ike opara for really opening up to some great stuff from ike about what he's gone through from a head injury standpoint uh later in his career and now that he's uh he's post playing career as well so uh, appreciate him for opening up about that as well we appreciate you for listening also and we will see you next week right here on the Sporting Kansas City Show presented by Michelob Ultra.